Welcome to Blake's Takes for God's Sakes, a weekly podcast where each week I give you my thoughts, I give you my opinions, and I kiss kiss it. Oh, is that what kind of podcast this is? Dear God, I hope not. Thank you to everybody who uh, who bought live from the pandemic um, and who retweeted it, who sent the nice messages. Um, by far the most support I've ever received on an album that I've released. And that was the third one. So there's been some data collected. Without your permission, I've been collecting data since day fucking one. And uh, yes, thank you so much. I'm uh, I'm touched. Seriously, I, I, I can't I can't imagine uh, you you podcast people are so goddamn supportive. Uh, thank you for listening to me on President Steve, Daily Zeitgeist, all the other shit I did to take a shit, plug the shit, and give a shit. Because you, you gave a shit, and that's all I can ask for. Um, right now, did I go on a bike ride with my mom today? I did. I did. I did. What are we going to talk about this week? I forget, but you will hear it on this podcast. So how? Like, do you really need to know? You know what I mean? It's interesting. Uh, each week, I try to outline what the podcast is going to look like. But if you think about it, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, why Why even do that? So, um, by the way, if there is an echo right now, I will have gotten rid of it before the next segment because I don't I don't hear it in my head bloods is that is that what is that what they're called head bloods I did go on a bike ride with my mom today and that is a thing that I didn't think I was going to bring up but I I did and it was a great bike ride right now I'm in Charleston South Carolina and let's just say my legs were (laughs) let's just say I had two sleighs coming out of my pelvis and these people, so a woman did try, to, and by the way, my mom, do I get my legs from my mom? No, okay. Uh, does she try to emulate my legs? She has been recently. And a woman, I was, and by the way, my, my legs, they were two fucking sacks. My legs looked like two sacks filled to the brim with toys. <laughs> That's, whatever I've, I've gone in the, uh, in the past to see a personal trainer, they're like, what kind of body do you want? I'm like, can it? I, I just want a fucking Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> That's what I want. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. What the fuck is that? I'm like, two big legs. And they're like, okay, of course. Um, but yeah, this woman tried to stop me and said, uh, are you sick? Sir, are you sick? Do you have an illness? And she was staring directly at my, at my, my, uh, my torso holders. And I'm like, what do you mean do I have an illness? And she pointed shaking at my legs. And my legs, by the way, for those, I haven't spoken about my legs. So let me give you a quick leg update, a leg date. Doesn't work. Um, my legs are no longer big, like, beef canoes, but they are. Am I smiling right now? Can you hear the grin? He's a mean one, Mr. Grin. Um, I, uh, I constantly mix up halloween and uh, christmas so 
by the way, I think this garage doors, I'm doing, I'm recording this in the garage because I'm the only stand-up comedian to record his podcast in a garage and I won't hear anything. I won't hear any response to that. So, um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So this, uh, my, my, uh, my, my, my two bluffs, um, she points at them and they're not as thick anymore. Jesus Christ. And that was the garage. Oh, that scared the shit out of me. All right. Hold on. Let me pause this. And we are back. By the way, I, I, I don't know if you could tell, I got scared there. And that's why I paused the podcast. Because my mom, she came back with groceries. And I, when I get scared, I flex my legs. And my leg, my mom walks in, doesn't know this about me. She sees me in the garage with a microphone and with my legs torn through my trousers. And uh, by the way, that, that is it just two shards. There are trouser shards all over this gay garage and um but yeah i'm trying to think what else oh oh right so that woman sees my legs right as i'm biking and for those of you who listen to the pot and she goes are you sick are you ill and i come to a stop i stop i blake's breaks for god's sakes <laughs> that's what i do i break for god's sakes and Blake goes, and by the way, I, I am going to refer to myself in the third person for now on. Um, she goes, uh, are you sick? And I said, do I look sick? And she goes, yes. And she's staring at my legs. And for those of you who haven't listened to the, the podcast in a while, or, you know, if you're, I haven't given a leg update, obviously, because there were letters, hey, stop talking about them. And I did. But my legs now, I would say are one, fuck. I guess one-eighth the size, I would say. My legs are one-eighth the size that they were um, before, but they're two times harder. Ten, no, they're ten. I would even say they're ten times harder. And by the way, just to break from this bit for a sec, nobody ever confuses uh, two times with like ten times, you know? Like, no one ever goes, hey, like, uh, oh, God, like, uh, yeah, my, my, my cash flow went up two times. I'm sorry, I mean 10. Like, it's too big of a gap. Also, did I already say that on this podcast? I don't know, because I just started rambling into my recorder 10 minutes ago and uh, did not realize I wasn't recording. So here we are. So my legs, much smaller, like an eighth the size, but 10 times harder. They've calcified into, I would say, almost... Like my, so I've now, instead of having these big muscular legs, I have what looks like a casing of bone outside of them. And I think that's what freaked the lady out. But honestly, she says, oh, are you sick? What she should have said is, excuse me, sir, are your legs encased in bone? <laughs> and that, then I would have known what the fuck she was talking about. So anyway, I, uh, I must said I spit at her, which in general, would be funny, but now with COVID, it's not funny. So I didn't spit at her. I actually pulled out my eyelashes and I blew them at her like a kiss, uh, like 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 a like a dementor's a demented kiss. I call it for all you Harry Potter fans out there. And by the way, when I got my year-end data from Spotify, they're like, Blake, your your fans, eighty-nine percent Potterheads, and I'm like, I thought it would be higher. So here we are. Here we are. I'm, uh, I'm in South Carolina. I talked about my legs. Is that all 
I'm happy. I'm so happy to be in this state. We uh, quarantined for a week. If you heard me, I'm Preston and Steve. I talked about that. By the way, for those of you who don't know, uh, don't know what I'm talking about. In Philadelphia, there's a massive morning show called Preston and Steve. I used to intern there when I was a wee, a wee lad. And I forgot. So they were saying I was a very precocious bitch um, from day one, to be honest. But uh, when I was in high school, our senior year of high school, like the last month of, of high school, they just send you to do an internship. And well, they don't just send you to do it. Like you can say no, but why would you stay in school when you can just go do an internship? So a lot of people take that opportunity just to fuck off, you know, where you have to write like a diary about your internship. And I know some people would be like, oh, my internship is uh, babysitting. And then they just like do something they were doing anyway, or they'd like, oh, I'm working at my dad's business. And then they would just not do anything for a month. But I decided to intern at a radio station in Philadelphia, 93.3 WMMR. It rocks. I hate my son. And um, I interned there on the morning show, Preston and Steve, and I would wake up at 4.45 in the morning every day, drive into the city, get to work by 6, before 6, and uh, just work on this morning show until like 11 and then I would go home, nap for a few hours, and then live out the rest of my day. So I was doing the opposite. I wasn't partying my senior year of high school. I was getting a goddamn education in a in a very up-and-coming medium, terrestrial radio. Um, but yeah, they have this massive following. Whenever I have to plug something, they let me they let me do that, and it's really cool. It's all the same people are still working there, and the, they're they're really good people. So that is uh, that's a little story about my childhood, huh? Where send in your internships. All right, what am I going to be talking about this week? Politics. I'm going to be talking about vaccinations and needles in general. Ew to the needles. Vaccinations, yum. And then uh, I'm going to be talking about was that a George Takai impression? Was he canceled, by the way? Did he? What did he do? What did he do? I feel like he was canceled. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if he was, God bless him. <laughs> I don't know. That's just someone with nothing to say. Um, for relationships, I'm going to be doing a, a little bit of a... I'm going to be doing the next door thing, but not Los Angeles. I'm going to be doing next door suburban... South Carolina. And then uh, what else am I going to do? I'm going to be talking about Carson Wentz for sports. Oh, baby. And now uh, why don't we get into that first section, huh? Why don't we get into that worst section? Yeah. Why don't we get into that uh, Will, uh, William Randolph Hearst section? Why don't we get into that Jalen Hurts section? Why don't we get into that? Oh, no. You know what I'm going to do? I forgot about leisure. I'm going to read you my book. I got to go upstairs and get that. So when I was a child, um, I had a 10-foot penis. I don't know why I would even fucking say what I just said. That's that's just me uh, having to seriously set something up. And then I had I need to, I needed to take a break from the setup, all right? So that's actually not a bad album title. Maybe that's – I'll retroactively rename Live at the Pandemic a break from the setup. Because that's just a punchline, honey. So when I was a kid in elementary school, like the school had these cool, like they called it like a publishing system where they had like 
bindings of books, you know, like a like a cover, back cover, a jacket. Dude, no, 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 that's something else. And th- you would write a little book as a kid, like where you'd type like the words that you wanted in the book. It would be like nine pages. And you drew it too. You drew pictures on top of the words. And then they would like bind it together into a little book. And they had a library. So you would get a book for home and then they'd put a library or they put a library. They put the other version of your book into their library and they just have it forever. And my mom found a book. This is going to be the first section. And the book that I wrote is an animal's life or an animal life. I'll correct that in the next section if I need to. But basically, I just wrote a book and illustrated it. And uh, I'm going to read it to you now. A live reading. We have never done this before. This is a book that I wrote when I was six and a half years old. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. Okay, to, uh, to be completely honest, we are back. Now, this is, I, I misread the title actually in the previous section. So this book that I wrote when I was six and a half is called Animal Life, which I think is even more uh, impressive. So Animal Life by Blake William Wexler, which pretty impressive. Okay, so I'll actually on my Instagram today post photos of each page so you can read along if you'd like. Um, when this podcast comes out tomorrow. So the cover, beautiful cover. It looks like there's some sort of a porpoise jumping out of the water um, towards a cliff where there is what looks like a schmeagel, like a rat schmeagel or a prairie animal is on the top of the cliff. All right, so that's my little editorialization right there. And now let's get into the book. So I only have one hand. I don't have my microphone holder. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit difficult to turn page. Uh, Animal Life by Blake William Wexler. Again, used my middle name. Did you guys know my middle name was William, by the way? No? Should have told you sooner, and I apologize. I feel like I've been holding out on you. It is William. Um, Published in 1995. All right, so that's the title page. And now I am so fucking cold. All right, here's the first, first page. The cheetah is chasing an antelope. The cheetah catches the antelope. So uh, the drawing is a... Looks like a mix between a, a pile of bumblebees, uh, a Mickey Mouse, and I guess a crocodile chasing after what looks exactly like an antelope. <laughs> what if what if the other or the other drawing that I drew was spot on? So I'm describing the uh, the drawing. All right, a vulture soars over the Afro. Sorry, fuck, I can't even read. I can't even read at a six a six year old's level right now. All right, here, let's try it again. A vulture soars over the African plain, finding its prey. The hyena jumps on it. So here is a vulture eating some sort of dead carcass, I believe, which is a mound, a brown mound with red on top of it. I'm assuming that's the blood. And then a, uh, a hyena laying on top of the vulture. So interesting. We don't, we don't know why, if, if the hyena is eating the, uh, the bird or... Uh, I guess like the bird's prey. The interesting thing about vultures, by the way, is that uh, would it would you even call what a vulture eats prey? I guess it would just be its food, right? Because vultures don't kill things. They just eat dead things off the ground. They're scavengers. And hyenas are actually also scavengers. So maybe the hyena jumped on the buffalo or whatever this vulture's eating, and then the hyena ate that. Hmm? Maybe that's it. Turning the page. 
The hawk tried to catch the porcupine. The hawk yelled, Yaw! And that's that's pretty, this one's pretty good. So the porcupine, obviously a brown circle with a yellow spot on it. I don't know if that's its eye, um, but that's, it's a, uh, a brown circle with uh, lines coming out of it. Those are its, its pines. So a porcupine has pines, right? Is that's what's coming out of it? Not spines, pines. So the porcupine's pines st are stabbing this hawk, which is kind of spread eagle, or should I say spread hawk? <laughs> Yo, I can't believe this shit's free. And then um, the hawk's yelling, yaw. So that's what happens, hawk. Hmm? That is what, look how green that grass is. All right, so the porcupine, I'm going to read that again. The hawk tried to catch the porcupine. The hawk yelled, yaw. Next, the secretary bird caught a snake. It dove and caught it in the grass. Now, this is really impressive. So, when I was little, I was so into animals. I would watch every single National Geographic show and Discovery Channel show about animals. So I would imagine most six-year-olds would be writing about like hawks or eagles or something. Not me. A secretary bird is a very specific rare kind of bird. Like my girlfriend was reading this yesterday and she was like, what? What, is, what the fuck is that? A Why'd you say secretary? I'm like, it's literally a type of bird. We looked it up. They're really cool looking. Like they kind of have, you know, this this like uh, how would you even streamers coming off of its head? It kind of looks like with these cool weird looking feathers. And they kill snakes. They stab them with their claws. And they've got these really long legs. And that's what I drew there. And the the drawing, honestly, I've been making fun of my drawings. This one's perfect. Okay, so go on my Instagram. You'll see it. It's a gray the secretary bird, gray bird standing on a snake with its claws. There's honestly nothing to make fun of here. It's perfect. Next. Three little bunnies are in their home underground, sleeping from the winter snow. So this one's interesting because all the others have been like a predator-prey situation. Like the vulture is eating a big dead mound of like a, a, of a carcass. There's a secretary bird with a snake. Uh, a porcupine is stabbing to death a hawk. A cheetah is catching an envelope. It's all uh, an envelope. There's <laughs> the cheetah has a has a bill. Um, that's being returned to it, and, he, and that's why, uh, why he ran so fast. Um, but this one is just three little bunnies are in their home underground, sleeping from the winter snow. Now, that is a, be a beautiful image, if I may say. It is interesting. Which author would you compare me to at six and a half? Is it Twain? Because I, so. I don't think it's Twain, but I'm not sure who else it could be, right? Three little bunnies are asleep in their home underground, sleeping from the winter snow. It's beautiful, really. And obviously, the drawing is three little bunnies, and uh, it's snowing up there. So they're warm. So uh, that's cute. All right, here we go. The fox and hawk chase the bunny. The hawk claws the fox. Bunny runs free. So that's interesting. Clearly, I really think rabbits are cute. And also important to note, I did not use rabbits. I said bunny. So though I was spot on with my, uh, my description of a secretary bird, um... I was just thinking, did I even explain what this segment is? This is a book I wrote when I was a child, right? Okay, I did explain it. So, um, clearly, I am obsessed with hawks. Or maybe I don't have a lot of respect for hawks, because the hawk appeared before was uh, attacked by the porcupine. So that hawk got fucked. And this one is just clawing a fox and doesn't even get its food. So the hawks, hawks in this story, the big losers, all right? Bunnies, 
not rabbits, bunnies, huge winners. And this drawing is, again, fucking excellent. So the fox and the hawk chase the bunny. The hawk claws the fox. Bunny runs free. Interesting, too, that I, I didn't call it the bunny, just bunny. Let's turn that page. The hyenas chasing a garanook at 30 miles per hour. Buzzard soars. Uh, that's not the right English. You know what? A teacher should have fucking corrected that, by the way. Buzzard soars over the Garanook. They're probably so... So a Garanook, when I looked at that, I'm like, all right, there's no way I was that precocious of a child that I knew what a Garanook was, right? I don't know what that is now. And I'm me, who would have known that at some point. And the thing is, a Garanook, look that up, because that beast is, like, adorable and weird-looking. So it's G-E-R... E-N-U-K. And a Garanook, it looks kind of like a deer or an antelope, but with a really long neck. Like, the neck is so long. Its ears, about as good as ears get. Like, the, the ears are adorable. They're so cute. But I guess this thing gets hunted. And some, look at the, fem- the female ones are cute. The male ones, toxic men, toxic. The toxicity of our city, of our city. What? You don't own the world. You don't own disorder. Disorder. Is that one system of a down song? Is it two that I combined in my head? Or is it 17 system of a down songs? So that's that one. That's that one. The hyenas chasing a Garanook at 30 miles per hour. So I guess I must have read somewhere at six and a half that a, the, that, that a, a Garanook exists and B can run at 30 miles per hour, which is very impressive. But then, of course, there is the plural um noun verb agreement that uh, to be honest does not agree it disagrees with i disagree with my use of it the uh, tenses disagree with one another and i disagree that the fact that this was ever published i don't know how my editor at six and when i was six and a half didn't catch this but uh, i am litigious i'm as litigious now as i am then as i was then here here we go again the hyenas chasing a garanook at 30 miles per hour buzzards soars over the garanook very impressive. You know what? The Garanook, knowing what that is, definitely overshadows my grammatical error, and that's and that's my decision to make. Uh oh, something just moved. It's a mountain lion. It's a mountain lion. Am I like having a fucking mental disorder right now? What is ha- Am I am I having? Is my brain bleeding? It's the toxicity of our. City of a city. Speaking of, my mom, um, I've noticed for years, like whenever it's nice out, she'll sing "Beautiful Day" by uh by YouTube, and um, they the band YouTube with Bruno and uh, with Bruno. Bruno is the lead singer of YouTube, so uh, she'll sing "Beautiful Day," but she won't. She sings the lyrics to the YouTube song but to the rhythm of it's a beautiful morning. So she, so she, like she'll start singing like, it's a beautiful day. I'm like, that's not, it, and it honestly uh, has driven me to the point where I think I'm going to uh, suffer a premature death. So right now we have, uh, and again, I'm going to read this again because this is a new writing style because I used an exclamation at the beginning of it that you wouldn't expect. And then I use a exclamation at the end. Oh, I didn't even get through this because I was mumbling so much. So 
It's, uh, uh uh-oh, something just moved. It's a mountain lion. It's chasing its prey. A ram! I also do want to acknowledge the fact that my use of it's and it's perfect. It's, apostrophe, chasing it's, no apostrophe, prey, a ram. Unbelievable. 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 Also, I back to the bunny situation. If you look at this page on my Instagram, this beast, the mountain lion, looks a lot like a bunny. It has a bunny's nose. The ram, not my best work. Not my best work on the ram. Next. One platypus is swimming in the lake. The platypus sees a fish. This is a good palate cleanser because we've had a lot of violence again for a while. And here, it is interesting that I, I chose... Uh, I didn't say a platypus, one platypus. So what am I, what is the artist inferring there? Am I inferring that a platypus is inherently a lonely animal because it has a fucking pouch? Did you know that? By the way, I believe platypi, platypi are poisonous. Should we look that up? I'll look it up right now. I don't give a fuck. I'm fucking sick in my goddamn head. So a platypus, a platypus is one of my favorite animals. Um, I should say that. Let's see platypus poisonous poison yes wow i'm right okay listen up listen up listen i'm fucking sick why am i hiccuping i'm just speaking the platypus is one of the few living mammals to produce venom venom is made in venom glands yeah obviously what am i a fucking idiot um and connected to hollow spurs on their hind legs very interesting and it's not lethal to humans so you could pick up a platypi and uh pet it and it just might really fucking hurt excruciatingly painful so that's interesting a platypus when you think venom you often think uh like that what are those fucking those fucking rat scallion bastards those uh scorpions you think scorpion with their uh their demonic tails or you obviously think of teeth but a platypus, it's in their feet. Hmm. One platypus is swimming in the lake. The platypus sees a fish. Beautiful. You can really picture it, can't you? A scuba diver is following a shark. He takes a picture of the shark. All right, that's not... This is actually is getting a... I didn't really stick the landing here. This is getting a little boring, to be completely honest. Uh, the drawing of the shark, by the way, looks... You see the teeth. That makes sense. The rest of it kind of looks like a New York Knicks logo, and the scuba diver... Oh boy, this this was a tough one. I feel like I remember this being tough, where I didn't, I couldn't master the camera, so I just gave him a big arm. A sea, sea, all right, hold on. Sea turtle swims by an electric eel. Eel spies a squid. Turtle finds a fish. Not bad. Now I want so the the platypus was looking for a fish as well. Again, not that exciting, but uh, the the illustration here is fucking gorgeous there's also a um i believe i drew some jellyfish here as well which is gorgeous um very nice very nice i'm gonna be honest by the way i don't do drugs i would imagine listening to what i'm doing right now would like while fucking drugged out would be really relaxing and here's the last page the stork is tired he fell into the lake two piranhas dash after their prey Interesting. So this I do remember when I was six and a half. I think I watched a Discovery Channel show where a bird uh, collapsed into a pond and then piranhas just like sawed it apart with their mouths. 
very scary. Piranhas, by the way, growing up, I, I, I did think that the, the piranha would have much more of a negative impact on my life and be more of a threat than it turned out being. So um, I think if one thing, you know, a lot of people will glorify their childhood or, you know, they're like, hey, like things were better back then, blah, blah, blah. One thing I think that is a departure from that, uh, the one way my life hasn't gotten worse since I was a child is uh, the, the, the lack, the dearth, the lack of piranhas. So that is good. Now is piranha, I guess piranhas is plural, right? A piranha, the end. Wow, really? See, that is how you end a book. That's the problem I have with like a lot of these diction, like the dictionary should have the end at the end of it, shouldn't it? <laughs> All right, the end, and then here's, there's an about the author. Why wouldn't there be? Um, here it is, about the author. This book was written and illustrated by Blake William Wexler, age six and a half. Blake lives in Malvern, Pennsylvania, and attends Valley Forge Elementary. For fun, Blake likes climbing, reading, learning about animals, soccer, swimming, and using the computer. And that's it. That's the book, everyone. That is Animal Life by Blake Wexler. Feel free to Go on my Instagram, and you can see the full uh, illustrations and the book, and uh, you'll you'll love it all. All right, and now and now the next section. What do we want to talk about next? Let's do uh, let's oh let's do uh, vaccinations and needles. All right, it's the political for for some reason that's fucking political. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah 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 blah. Blake Blake Blake. And we are. Back. Here's the political section, by the way. And uh, and also, I want to say, I am, I can't even believe I'm about to record this after the news that I got last night. I just can't believe William Barr is leaving. And I think this, 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 uh, this company, ever, by the way, ever since Trump took over this country, I've been calling it a company because of the way, you know, it, it's just so reminiscent of the companies that he's run and that he's run it into the ground. Um, but with William Barr, he was a guy who I think really understood the law. And um, God, I, I just remember when he took over, I was doing Blaking News and phew, I made a, a Bill Barr joke. Hey, what's hey, what's going on? It's Bill Barr. And you're listening to the fucking Monday morning podcast for Monday. Um, so, uh, yeah, good, uh, good, good riddance. The guy couldn't hold on to the attorney general job. Uh, for another couple weeks, <laughs> but that's what happens when you work for the the biggest cunt in the history of the United States. So um, it is it is a shame, but this is this is this is the life that some have chosen for us. So anyway, uh, goodbye. And then um, let's talk vaccinations. I am going to be obviously. I mean, you listen to this podcast, you know my politics. I'm going to be the first. Uh, I would I would I'm going to be the first person in line to get a vaccination. And by that, I mean I'm going to be shoving. Uh, old men and nurses out of the way. I'm going to be like, listen, uh, former comedian, current podcaster, okay? I don't know what line you think you're the front of, but I'm going to be, uh, you might be frontline workers, but I'm going to be uh, front of the line for vaccinations. <laughs> and they're all going to be laughing so hard at that joke. Nobody's going to stop me. Somebody stop me. Who's been watching The Mask, huh? What if, see, you know what is interesting? I think you could say that any TV show exists right now. Like, you could make up one, and I would believe literally any of it. It's like, oh, shit, if you've been streaming The Mask, it's like, the ma there's a TV show about The Mask? Yeah, no, I've been streaming. It's on Hulu. It's great. Because it would have to be on a network like Hulu where some people, like a lot of people have it, but not everybody has it, you know? Or if The Mask, if there was a TV show of The Mask on Netflix 
or like HBO Max, I would know, you know? Now, I also have Hulu, but if someone was like, hey, are, are, you listen, are you watching The Mask on Hulu? I could very easily see myself not know about it, you know? Like if The Mask was on Hulu, would I would imagine The Mask would get like a six and a half out of 10 stars on like imdb.com. What do you, do you guys still use Rotten Tomatoes, by the way? Because I do for dramas and like documentaries, but I don't use it for comedy, which is interesting because I find that Rotten Tomatoes is rarely, uh, like critics in general have ter- terrible taste in comedy to me. So uh, I'm not doing a bit right now, by the way. There's not some <laughs> fucking one of the classic Wexler left hooks coming. I do find with comedy, no bit, that it seems like that's the one to me that uh, critics don't get because critics should, in theory, be more educated and have like snobbier taste, you know? But with comedy, I feel like it's just f- like funny is funny. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, that for Hubie Halloween, for instance, is the hardest I've ever laughed at a fucking movie in my life. And it's so dumb. Like, what what self-respecting critic would be like, nine stars? I, I, give, I give Hubie Halloween a 96% because of, because of the joke about his thermos. You know, like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So, um... Anyway, I don't know how the hell I got on that topic. Oh, the mat. Oh, it was a it was a riff. What do you mean, Blake? You don't know how the hell on you got on this topic. How did you get on all the other ones? Also, if the mask was on Hulu, I feel like I would lose track of it because of his green head and like Hulu has a green motif, like aesthetically. So anyway, there's there's that riff, and it was uh it was doomed. It was honestly doomed from the start. So back to vaccinations. Um, I can't wait to get it. I can't wait till my parents get it. And, uh, yeah, it's just so, it's hard to even comprehend, isn't it? Like seeing those trucks pull out of Michigan and start, you know, delivering vaccines across the country because it's, to me, it's incomprehensible because we've been in this for so long. It's hard to even conceptualize a light at the end of the tunnel and the light might be a year away. It might be half a year away, whatever it is, but that there is now a light and, I am, uh, yeah, I'll obviously, I mean, I probably won't be able to get it until obviously the spring or whatever, but it is really interesting. We were, my, my girlfriend and I were doing this bit about, uh, like the vaccine drivers of just how much pressure's on that person, like <laughs> pulling out of the fucking garage and just, all right, all right. So they're this, all right, Wilkins, your, your, uh, your mission, you will be driving, your destination will be. Shreveport, Louisiana. So we need you to pull out of Detroit and go to Shreveport. And there's going to be a whole lot. I picture it actually being like that, uh, that Batman scene, you know, in Dark Knight where they're, uh, who are they transferring? There's some guy in the fucking car and, um, they're like, who was it? Cause the Joker escaped, right? Oh, was it Commissioner Gordon was in the car or Two-Face? Who the fuck was in the truck? You know what I'm talking about? So it's they're transferring someone in an armored truck and they do it to catch the Joker. And everyone's like attacking the armored truck with like bazookas and stuff. That's what I picture the guy behind the wheel of the armored truck is, you know, is the people who are delivering the vaccine. So he pulls out of out of Michigan and it's just like, 
Oh, like just screaming and white knuckling it, you know, like a thousand miles down to the south where he's delivering his thing. Is that the dumbest fucking bit? I've, is this the, is this actually the stupidest thing I've ever said on this podcast? I think it might be. I think that might be the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> because first of all, it would, it would have been dumb if that was a tight story. If I was just like, yeah, how funny would it be if this person, you know, like one of the truck drivers, they're leaving where you pick up all the vaccines and there's so much pressure on them that literally their entire drive in this Mack truck from Detroit down to Louisiana, they're just white knuckling it and just sweat is pouring down their face. Like, oh God, <laughs> just that and I'm laughing again. That was the best version of that story I just told. And it was still not good. Anyway, um, psyched to take it. It made me think as well, because um, with vaccines in general, you know, like when you get a standard flu, uh, your flu shot, it generally like it does hurt your shoulder for a couple days. But and here's the whole thing. People, a few people are afraid that, you know, during the trials, a couple people who got the vaccine, not, not, I don't want to say a couple people, a, a decent percentage felt lethargic for a week, which like, what's the, like, so what? Like, oh, what are you doing? Just don't go for a jog for a week, you know, feel like shit for a week. So this can be over. And that's, and that's the whole, you know, the whole premise throughout the entire thing. It's like, all right, yeah, don't, um, don't go to a fuck rave for a year. And then when this is over, uh, or like if you don't go to a fuck rave for a year, you can go to fuck rave safety s- safely sooner. Hmm? Didn't think I would have to say that today. A fuck rave safely sooner. <sighs> God damn. God damn. So yeah, I'm definitely going to get that, uh, obviously, vaccine. And I know anyone listening to this podcast is going to get it right away, too. So I don't uh, even know why. Preaching to the choir is one of the most annoying things in the world to me. And I've been doing that for eight minutes and nine, ten seconds, excuse me. So it also made me think where uh, vaccines and shots I actually have never had any issue with. You know, because they go into my shoulder. They go into your shoulder generally where I have like, God, I have a lot of muscle there, you know? I actually have had, here's an issue. One thing I'm worried about is that, and by the way, if any medical people are listening, I've recently had uh, shoulder implants put in. Can I still get a vaccine in my shoulder or will the implant absorb the vaccine and I won't get it? That's a really serious question. I need someone to answer that for me. So um, can I still get the vaccine if I have shoulder implants. Now, enough is enough. By the way, speaking, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Deborah Giovanni. A lot of people like ask me like, oh boy, who are some funny up and coming comedians right now? She's not up and coming. She's, you know, been on every, she's been on everything and she's like been around for a while and is so not up and coming. Maybe someone that like non- comedy fans don't know. Everyone probably knows who she is, but if you're looking for a comedian, uh, you know, you're bored, you want to watch some comedy. A lot of people, you know, are doing that right now. Fucking look up Deborah DiGiovanni. She is my one of my favorite comedians of all time. And I just did stand up. Uh, fucking what a weird sentence this is. I just did a stand up virtual Zoom show with her on Saturday night. And I stuck around to watch her on zoom like that's how fucking funny she is after my set so she's she's amazing and i don't i, I think the thing that made me think that is she has this cadence where she's like and, and, and i do this i do this i do a punchline but, but but anyway you know like she, it's she got she's so fucking funny anyway and her brilliant joke writer 
that's it. So uh, Deb- Deborah Di Giovanni, check her out if you haven't already. She doesn't need my my endorsement, but by God, does she fucking have it? So I think the issue with me getting so a vaccine is really easy because it goes into your shoulder. I have issues with getting blood drawn. <laughs> I literally just got a chill. For some reason, I don't know if it's that the fact that it's like, oh, I can see the vein, you know? Oh, Jesus. I'm I literally I'm I'm sitting down. I have to sit down. If it's the vein, oh, or like God, I, I literally am getting a little dizzy just thinking about it. When they rub your vein, oh, those fuckers. Ah, it's horrifying. I don't know if I feel weak. My, like, I know my heart rate changes. What? So I've like fainted multi- or like or come close to fainting. I've had like two very small women have to carry me into like another room because they had to keep like getting blood drawn from people and I was like passing out. So it is for some reason getting your blood drawn freaks me. I don't know what it is. And my girlfriend has found, cause it freaks her out too. And she says that people say that like, if you breathe heavily, like, like that's really good. But that just made me lightheaded, like just breathing heavily like that. So I can't imagine it would help during a uh, blood drawing ceremony. Is that what they call it? A ceremony? So, um, God, I don't know what it is. By the way, even maybe it's blood, like my blood. But here's the thing. If I like get a, I think it's on strong parts of my body. I don't care. But on weak parts, like that part of your arm where they draw blood of out of, like I've got nothing there to protect myself. By the way, this is, I hope you guys aren't like passing out listening to this. But when I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I don't think I told this story. By the way, I feel like we're really close friends because I'm like, oh shit, I haven't told you guys this story. Um... So at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, we ordered, no, it wasn't even, it was February actually. So in February, early February, um, ordered pizza from this place. We've ordered pizza from a thousand times, garlic bread. And, uh, my girlfriend doesn't eat the garlic bread because, uh, she has uh, celiacs. So we both ate the same pizza. I eat garlic bread and I'm not feeling good. Like, and my girlfriend was laughing at me because she, she was like, I was like laying on my side, like not feeling good. And she goes, you like, look at this fucking idiot. <laughs> it's, he's overeating again. And this is what, this is ridiculous at a grown person. Cause I do sometimes eat so much pizza normally that I have to lay down. I can't stop myself and I have to lay down for like an hour and then I eat more, but she uh was laughing at me but then i started vomiting and shitting and i had the worst food poisoning it was from the garlic bread and i couldn't like i was vomiting and shitting for like an hour and a half and i couldn't uh take down water like i couldn't like consume any liquid so after the first you know 30 minutes there's nothing left so i'm puking up like bile the taste of that see by the way right now not grossed up at not grossed out at all blood drawn i'm like ready to pass out so i get taken to uh, I, I get taken my girlfriend takes me to the emergency room i can't walk into the emergency room without vomiting then i'm shitting everyone can hear me through the door in the emergency room i don't even give a fuck by the way this is when covid was starting overseas this was like when it was in china and i remember grabbing onto like the counter in the emergency room and the woman behind the counter was like so fucking pissed off at me she was like don't do that there's a sign don't touch the counter because they were already being really 
uh, really careful in hospitals. And I sign my name in. I like go and lay on the floor in the hallway of like the emergency room. Some guys like, Hey, you can't lay here. And I was like, I can't move. So that was a weird argument to have. Um, and then I pit, uh, shat and vomited again in the bathroom. They call me in. I can like barely walk. I'm like, while well, they're taking my blood pressure and stuff to admit me into the emergency room, they, I like just had to lay on the floor. <laughs> I just, I did a lot of laying on the floor and they're like, can you not lay on the floor? And I said, I got to lay on this floor. And they went to give me a, uh, what is it? Like a thing that emodium is it or something something that blocks your bowels i forget what it was and they're like hey like you can dissolve this into your mouth so you won't like throw it up or shit it out and i went to reach up for it and i dropped it on the floor i was like can i have another one (laughs) they were so pissed off they're like we're gonna have to charge you for it i was like fine so get admitted this all this all goes back to this fucking um story uh about getting your blood drawn i'm laying down okay i've never been this week before i they're like have like they're trying to put an iv into me so i can get fluids and they're like rub this woman this fucking nurse could not find my veins and i like am already laying down so i wasn't gonna pass out but she was like rubbing my vein and sticking me over and over again with needles she goes like i cannot find your vein I can't find your vein anymore. And like, I look over in the corner where my sweet girl, by the way, this was at like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I look over in the corner where she is and she is white as a ghost. I'm like, yo, I think she's about to pass out because this woman was trying to fucking draw my blood for, uh, I mean, I was about to say 20 minutes, not true. Like for like three or four minutes and I'm sick. Uh, My girlfriend's sick. She has to give my girlfriend smelling salts so she doesn't pass out. And we now have this bit where I was so, so the true thing is I was so dehydrated and so poisoned by my food that like my, all my veins were flat and they couldn't find any veins. And our bit is that like, this one was like, you don't have any blood. Hey, I cannot find any of your blood. Where is your blood? I can't find your blood anywhere. And that's uh, that's the bit. That is the bit. So uh, very pro vaccines, getting blood drawn. God, I really wish I could donate blood because I know that's a good thing to do. I just get so sick. By the way, if anyone has any recommendations about that, please DM me, tweet at me. I would love to hear them and try them because I I have a little bit of a feeling I'm going to get a lot of blood drawn in the future. I'm kidding. I don't know what that means. All right. That is, uh, that is the political section. And now we're going to move into the next section and that is sports. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, blah, blah. Welcome to the sports section. And by the way, if you don't uh, like sports, definitely skip this. So uh, I'll try to, I'm going to make this a little quick because I'm getting to time on the podcast. By the way, uh, like no, nobody ever has a time limit on podcasts. All right. Uh, my, my, my man, my man, Joe Rogan, he does a scintillating six hours a show. So I, um, sports, uh, I'm a big Philadelphia sports fan, and Carson Wentz has been the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback for the past four or five years, and has been uh, has been great. His uh, has been you know trending upwards his entire career. In 2017, he was going to be the league MVP before getting hurt, and now this year, all of a sudden, uh, he is he went from being one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best, to at worst top ten. And now this year, he is by far 
the worst quarterback in the entire NFL and not even like starting quarterback, like of any quarterback, he is the worst. And he got benched for his backup, Jalen Hurts, um, who was a second round pick that uh, I remember when the Eagles drafted him, I was fucking furious because I'm like, why aren't you getting Carson more weapons on offense? Why are you what well, we have so many more needs? What we don't need is another quarterback because we have a quarterback that we're going to be paying $30 million a year. So that is uh, that's the story. And my take here, I don't think I've given a take once. <laughs> I don't think I've given a take in weeks. Uh, my take here, no, everything's a take. You get it. You know, everything's implied. My take on uh, my my take in the last section is that vaccines and shots are better than getting your blood drawn. Boom. There's your fucking take. So there's your sign, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, fucking brother. Listen, buddy. Listen, man. Hey, son. Listen, brother. Um, so here's my take on Carson Wentz. I cannot comprehend, and I haven't heard anyone else explain why he's so bad this year. And you have to think that it's mental because he did not have any injuries this year. Uh, And also, yes, his offensive line's been super banged up. Uh, Everyone's been, you know, injured on the team. But everyone's off the Carson Wentz wagon. (laughs) That's a little term I came up with. And uh, everyone's off Carson Wentz's wagon And I am too for this year, but here's my take. My take is that Carson Wentz is going to be back to normal next year. And here's my take, all right? Here's why. And it's not going to be a popular take. And by the way, I don't like him. Let me say that. I don't like Carson Wentz. I never did. Um, I, I, I think it's because I don't... Here, it's not that I don't like him. I don't dislike him. I just don't like him, you know? And... Part of it is I just can't relate to the guy at all, you know, where he is so, so, so religious in a way that it's it's his primary personality trait, you know? And by the way, that's the same, like Nick Foles is kind of like that too, you know? You and I think it might be, because Nick Foles might be more religious than Carson Wentz is. I think because Nick Foles is better looking, I don't mind it as much. <laughs> How about that? That is the thing I just had to admit to myself. I think, and also he won the Super Bowl and he's an incredible underdog story and there's he's, there's nothing wrong with him. But yeah, I think the fact that Carson is ugly and he was drafted so high and also, you know, there are reports that he's like a very headstrong guy, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think just, I just don't relate to him in any way. And with the religion thing, I think it's, I think if you want to be religious, that's, great and completely up to you and there's no judgment from me whatsoever on that I just am not you know so it would be like if I was hanging out with someone and they were super into like anime you know like uh by the way I'm trying to explain what anime is I don't even think I know what it is I was gonna say cart like Japanese cartoons is that what it is it would be like if someone they only wanted to talk about Japanese cartoons and if we were talking I'd be like hey man that was a really really smart comment you made earlier he goes well you know it's all because of my Japanese cartoons and you know I have to give thanks to Japanese cartoons they are uh, they support all of us and that's why things happen I would be like okay I don't relate to that you know doesn't mean I begrudge them it's just like can we talk about something other than Japanese cartoons and I think people probably feel that uh, about me with sports sometimes and comedy all the time so he's just a guy that I've never had fun cheering for because I like cheering for the human being 
in addition to the team. And this guy, Jalen Hurts, is another underdog guy. Seems funny and interesting. That's a guy I want to cheer for. You know, he can run. He can pass. He's a guy I want to cheer for. So that's that's where I'm coming from here. That being said, I think Carson Wentz deserves a little bit more of a leash. And here's why. My take is that next year, I could totally see Carson Wentz being back to normal. And here's why. That guy, over the past four or five years of his career, has had to deal with so much bullshit. First of all, the pressure of having uh, his team give up multiple first round, second, multiple picks to trade up to get him. He was drafted number two. He went from North Dakota to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right? The guy doesn't swear. He's super religious, and he comes to our fucking city. And then um, he gets injured in multiple ways. He breaks his ribs multiple times. He hurts his knee. I think he hurts his other knee. He breaks his back. He had a fucking broken back at one point. Um, He just keeps getting all these weird freak injuries. Finally gets to start a playoff game. Gets uh, a freak injury where some sicko hits him in the fucking head, knocks him out in the first quarter. And also... Uh, his backup, there's a statue of his old backup outside of the stadium. This, his team won a Super Bowl without him, not his fault. And his team drafted another quarterback after he won four or five games in a row last year and led us to the playoffs. It's nuts. And he has to deal with all those shit, plus uh, all the injuries. And I do really think that while every single team in the NFL this year has had to deal with COVID, I think that... I do think it's possible that it could affect different players and teams differently, you know? Like, just because the Kansas City Chiefs are continuing to thrive because they're so good, obviously they're incredible, but, you know, COVID hasn't affected them at all. I think COVID could affect them in different ways. Maybe Doug Peterson has a coaching style that's much more conducive to having an in-person training camp, in-person meetings, you know? Maybe Carson Wentz needs that time with his wide receivers before the year. I think all of that can be true, and the guy had a confidence issue, and he broke. He broke this year. And I can see that getting fixed in the offseason. By the way, that doesn't mean for all you Eagles fans off, out there, there's a million things wrong with the fucking team. Uh, we draft worse than any team in sports. That's the issue with the team. But I think the Carson Wentz issue can fix itself. I think he can be really good next year. And that's it. All right? And now I'm going to go into the final section, which is relationships. Blake is really funny. Blake is really All right, welcome to the relationship section. I'm not going to say it again. So here's the relationship section. And by the way, this week, it's not going to be LA. It's not going to be the LA next door section. And by the way, going forward, I think I'm just going to do four topics, four takes. I don't think it has to be politics, sports, relationships, and leisure because I haven't been adhering to that anyway. So there it is. It's just going to be four separate subjects and there'll be any subject that they can be. All right. So um, on the past, if you listen to the show, I would go on the next door app and riff and make fun of all the people posting. But now I'm going to go po- I'm trying to be more positive. So I'm going to try to turn all of these into positives and I'm going to try to empathize with these people who are leaving these reviews. So here we go. This is the first review. And by the way, these are from somewhere outside of Charleston, South Carolina, and they've been passed along to me by my good friend, Jesse Weintrike. And uh, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce this. It's, it's Jesse Feintrich. 
it's Jesse. I'm. It's W E I. Hold on. It's Jesse. Ike Van Ein Rumsk. Ike Hofscheinstenst. Hold on. No, that's not it either. It's Jesse Zakiak Einkampf. Rischiak Einsteinsa. I think that is it. Is it Jesse Pluf Klaxas Rick Einsteins Roof Profensein Klax. I think that and that's his wife's maiden name. I'll get a I'll get a correct pronunciation later, but here is the first. The first of the local things. Alright, this one's long as shit. Um Walmart on Central Ave. I shop at the Walmart market on central ave i remember that i had a huge jar of change sitting around the house i took it to the walmart to, to deposit uh, by the way they're um they are changing it to wm uh they're abbreviating walmart so uh walmart walmart i took it to walmart to deposit into the machine that gives you a voucher for change now i heard some of you talking about how you do not like self-checkout at this store that is the only option so i like that this guy had to preface it I don't want to open myself up to criticism. I know self-checkout isn't popular on this next door app thread, but I had no choice, okay? Um, he goes, there is no way to redeem the money at checkout. All right, so there you go. Um, I had to wait in the customer service line. I didn't mind too much, but then that person, uh, the clerk, who works very slow, by the way, kept talking, uh, taking people before me. You see the change vouchers are not a money-making transaction, so I guess they wanted to take care of everyone and then me. See, this person also knows how business works. I like that as well. Um, I said, hey, I'm waiting in line for a half an hour. Why are you refusing to help me? A good question. This big, burly schmuck named Joey comes over and gets in my face and starts yelling at me. All right, so... Though he did call Joey a schmuck, maybe it's a term of endearment. Because he did say burly, which means he's big and strong. And if someone said my legs were burly, I would be like, you're right, and thank you. Um, uh, he starts yelling at me, get the hell out of my store, I'm calling the police. I reply, do your worst. Now, see, that's that's exciting. It's very exciting. Because this guy who's writing this, do your worst, he didn't even put the pressure on this Walmart person to do his best. You know what I mean? Because that's a lot of pressure. He said, do your worst, which, you know, like that's fine. And anything above his worst uh, would be better. Um, I thought he was going to take a swing. They then snatched the voucher from me and the imbecile Joey. So, all right. So now it's, uh, he's getting better. He used to call him, uh, he called him a schmuck before. Now it's imbecile, which is, which is um, a, a bigger word and therefore more of a compliment. Joey yells, take your money and get the hell out of my store. I'm trying to figure out what I did to cause this incident. Uh, bad customer service seems to have become the norm in our all caps brave new world. <laughs> I don't know what that's referring to, but good for him. Next is from Shirley. Of course, by the way, Shirley uh, looks like she's been on earth for quite some time. Arby's. I love Arby's. Jamocus. Oh, right, well, let's try that again. I love Arby's Jamocus. By the way, shout out to Jesse again for passing these along to me. I love Arby's Jamocha shakes. Uh, on Monday, I went to Arby's on Bacon's Bridge Road. That's a hell of a, f that's a great name. And they, see, don't go negative. And they said their shake machine was broken. No Jamocha. Oh, God, this poor woman. That seemed odd, so I called this AM and was told their machine was still broken. So I went to Arby's.com, and their lead promotion was a Jamocha shake. Now, in her defense, that is unfortunate because it's, it's, it's a misdirection. 
and uh, they wrote down the addresses. Uh, so there was an 800 number. I called it. They wrote down the addresses of the stores. The HQ staffer was friendly and said she would call the area managers and individual store managers. So that's very nice. See, this is good customer service. Um, when a friend stopped by around 4 p.m. on Main, someone was there fixing the Jamoka shake machine. Glad I squawked. That's really nice. Oh, that's really, really cute. I actually really like that one. So she got the Arby's Jamoka shake machines fixed. This is a uh, this is a uh, grassroots next computer help please i bought a new computer and want to transfer everything from my old computer old computer will be given to grand now i don't know who grand is but you know what grand grand sounds like a nice name grand means good or it means a thousand dollars either way who wouldn't want more grand in their life next uh stop the emails take me off i don't live here anymore Take me off this email crap, please. Admin, take me off. I have asked four zillion times. All right, so that's someone who's getting too many emails, and you know what? Uh, they've clearly been backed into a corner, and they are unaware of um, maybe they got that computer from that last person, and they can't uh, figure out how to open it yet, and, and Google had to fix it. Next, Walmart. Did you know the market on Central now is all self-checkout? I couldn't believe it. No one there to ring or bag or customers for customers, they just lost me as a customer. Anyone else feels like I do. See, that's good. See, as we mentioned before, our person who wrote that long thing about Walmart and the vouchers, he understood that people feel this way. So good for them. And this last one is bathing suits for sale. I have some bathing suits available for sale. Never worn, only serious inquiries, please, thanks. All right, and that's a person, that's just a small business trying to make it in this economy. You guys, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much again. If you haven't listened to it yet, Live at the Pandemic is streaming everywhere. My latest album, really proud of it. Uh, a lot of people have had a lot of nice stuff to say about it. And you know what? If I was there with you, I'd have a lot of nice stuff to say to you too. All right? Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah, everybody listening. And uh, whatever the hell else is going on out there, okay? Merry holidays. Happy bunnies. And and by the way, pick up my book, Animal Life, on, uh, on, on baby Amazon. Thank you. Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake, Blake Wexler, Blake Wexler, Blake, Blake.